Hello and welcome to the Seeking Health Podcast. I'm Josiah. And I'm Jessica. We were missionaries for seven years. Until we stepped back in 2019 to seek health and re-examine our beliefs. Right now, I'm a Christian, but not an evangelical. Really? <laughs> and the way this introduction usually goes is, and I am agnostic, except surprise. Okay. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not agnostic anymore. Can I just say for all the listeners out there, once again, who have listened to the previous episode, what the fuck? What <laughs> happened? <laughs> and for those of you listening, which is everybody, obviously, <laughs> the previous podcast that I published that I did on my own, outlining... You should probably go back and listen to that. You should probably go back and listen to that. But also I want to say, like, that is how I told you. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that was the announcement. <laughs> that podcast is how I told you that um, I wasn't agnostic anymore. <laughs> because it was too awkward. It was awkward. It was hard. Well, it's a hard conversation to have. Yeah. It's I like, mean, oh, just by the way, you married a Christian. And then I became very strongly agnostic, almost atheist. And um, you got used to that and accepted it and kind of changed your life to fit mine a little bit more. And then... Then, then I didn't talk to you for a few days because I couldn't mm -hmm. talk because I was processing so deeply. Which was fine. It's like you're dealing with stuff. <laughs> I couldn't even talk. And then, <laughs> then I sent you that recording. <laughs> well, before that, we tried to have a conversation. It didn't go very well. Yeah, I shut you down. <laughs> <laughs> there was like an insane amount of stuff that was going on in my head mm -hmm. it was so crazy that i couldn't talk like i went off social media for a whole week completely Whoa. which is huge for me yeah. and off of all the social media you didn't just all, switch to a different one no all social media and i wasn't even re like responding to people's messages and <laughs> like so much so a friend drop by to give me flowers and a card and chocolate like she was so worried about <laughs> me <laughs> and i just i completely like inner focused mm -hmm. it was so intense and you come home from work and we can talk like i mm -hmm. couldn't talk to you mm -hmm. i couldn't be like i i, I couldn't talk <laughs> which like you listen to the podcast you know i can talk mm -hmm. <laughs> So, yes. So, this might be a repeat since you already did a podcast on it, but why don't you back up and tell us, now that you have a bit of a perspective on it, what actually happened? <laughs> Alright, so... So, the Joshua Harris thing was kind of significant. Was that kind of the spark that... Or yeah. were things kind of brewing? Well, I don't think they were brewing. Really? But, like, maybe subconsciously? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, like, I kind of, when I left the church and I left God, I really identified and connected with what we call the deconstruction community. Mm -hmm. And that helped put a lot of words to my questioning and to things I was working through. And, you know, like on Instagram, like, I know it's not a big deal compared to many big names out there, but I have, like, I had almost, I had <laughs> <laughs> almost 1,500 followers. In a year. Less, less, way less than a year, just because of 
resharing and posting about the construction stuff. Like we had really great comments going back and forth and sharing stories and and traumas and stuff like that. But then, like to me, like this was okay. Like I found a community that is finally accepts everyone and loves everyone no matter what mm-hmm. right which is what i wanted it's like it doesn't matter if you're gay it doesn't matter if you who you love or whatever like we're accepting mm-hmm. and then joshua harris who wrote like his dating goodbye and this kind of big figure name big name in the in the because of purity culture um and he was a victim too. I mean, his parents published this book when he was like barely an adult and really promoted it and it just blew up. But a few years ago, he left God and he left the church and he had been pastor, got divorced. And, and he's been speaking a little bit here and there about his experience and like being part, he was part of the deconstruction community, but he came out with a course to try and help people who are in the same space and, and create a place for people to connect. And, um, and yes, he was charging for it, but like other people in the deconstruction community also do things like this in our church. Yeah. It's super common. Yeah. Nowadays. People have Patreon accounts. People yeah. create little courses to exactly. do online. Yeah. And he was like referencing, he was, he put together a lot of links that he was giving for free to people who just registered for his emails. Like he give it for free, but like linking them to a lot of other big names that are Mm -hmm. part of the deconstruction community. But that blew up because people blamed the entirety of purity culture on him. Mm -hmm. He's the easy scapegoat because his book got popular, though he's not the originator of that idea. No. (laughs) At all. It was before his time. But the cruelty and the meanness that I saw towards him made me terrified that he would kill himself. Hmm. Like I was so scared because people were so mean. They wanted him dead, but more than that, I felt like, I felt like even that would not be enough to satisfy Hmm. the thirst for revenge. It was very, very nasty in the deconstruction community. And it rocked me to my core because this was supposed to be an accepting, loving community and they turned against one's, one of their own. Mm-hmm. And he took off the course and apologized, though I feel like that wasn't necessarily warranted. But, mm-hmm. um, and people but it, still it went was crazy. demanded. It was demanded. He had no choice. And he, like, he apologized for a bunch of stuff. But, like, there was nothing that he did that was wrong. No, other people have done all the same thing he was and doing. Even the one thing links. was, like, they were so mad at him for having links. And it's like every book has a bibliography. Like yeah. this, you don't ask permission before you put books in your bibliography. Yeah. And they're like, he should just be referencing people to others, not to himself since he's the abuser or was the abuser. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but, but he is, <laughs> he is yeah. sending links to other big names. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was, it was not okay. Yeah. It was not okay at all. And I've lost a ton of respect for that space mm-hmm. because those, ones that have bigger names in there are the ones that were the worst. Yeah. And that is not okay. And they should be held accountable too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So really, really, really rocked me and pushed me to go off social media because I couldn't handle it. Like I reached Mm -hmm. out to Joshua Harris and I was like, and he responded, like we've chatted a bit over the last month or, and cause I've been so worried about him and, and like he had to unfollow everybody. Like he, 
mm-hmm. it rocked him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's had things like this happen before. He's kind of used to people low grade being mad at him. Mm-hmm. But this was but way this was this was a lot. This was way over the top. I was like, if you need to get away, we have a space for you. Yeah, like it. It was, anyway, it, it really rocked me. And I'm trying to remember, like, this was only three weeks ago, but I'm trying to remember, like, how this connected to the next step for me, except that I went off social media and my brain just, wow, like... Well, I kind of remember, remember you coming into a room and saying, like, something about basically this, that, like, this community you thought was loving, but it's not, and you were just like, I can't be associated with that. Yeah. Very similar to what you said about evangelicalism. It's yes. like, I can't be associated with that. Because with evangel- when I left the church and evangelicalism, what happened to me was that a big majority, the loud voices on my news feed, which were actually probably a majority at the time before I did a lot of unfriending, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, were very, very vocal against COVID and with the upcoming election in the U.S., with yeah. Trump and all these things. And I was like, I cannot be associated with this. And there was the, they stormed the Capitol and nobody said anything negative about it. <laughs> like, right. It was around that time. No, it was way before oh, that. was it before Because that? that's January. Okay. And I left like in March. Or oh, okay. Sorry. Um, but, but it, it was in the beginning of COVID mm-hmm. and the way that Christians reacted, the loud voices on my newsfeed reacted mm-hmm. was not okay at all. It was not loving. It was not Jesus like, it was not Christian like, mm-hmm. and I was like, I can't be associated with that. And I walked away. I mean, that that's one aspect of why I walked away, but it was a big, mm-hmm. it was a tipping point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same with now I'm like, and, and when that happened, I, I felt my whole life shift when that, when I left the church and left God, like, because my whole foundation changed. Mm -hmm. And this happened again three weeks ago Mm -hmm. because I was like, I switched to the deconstruction community as my support Mm -hmm. and my family and they betrayed me Mm -hmm. and I could not be associated with them anymore. That was just not okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and other people, the same, like the, there's a few other people that I connected with that were the same. They were rocked and shocked about what took place. And mm-hmm. um, so it was not just me. Um, so I was like, who am I now? Where do I fit in? Yeah. Like I left the church, I left God, and now I don't fit. I will not be part of the deconstruction community. <laughs> so like, what now? Mm-hmm. Um and I have heard over the years about Rachel Held Evans as like someone who's a Christian, but also with lots of questions, like basically a progressive Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's she was a Episcopalian. What are you Episcopalian? Saying? Yes, that. Which is an Anglican in the United States. Oh, interesting. Priest. Okay. Um, so I ended up buying one of her books. Actually, I just downloaded a free sample in Kindle, and then I read that, and then I bought the book. And I read that, and then I bought her next book, and I read that, and then I bought the next book, and I read that in two days. <laughs> <laughs> it just, like, I was highlighting like crazy. And her book, um, Faith Unraveled, is the first one I read. It's basically her biography, like, mm. how she was raised and how she left the church. And, like, just, she's just super open about her questions with mm. no answers. She's just authentic. Mm. And that's crazy. Like, that's just wild to me. And another piece in this whole thing is I had met with a friend 
I'd been wanting to meet with him for months and I finally got the courage to ask to meet with him and I did. And he, and this was just before like the same day, I think as Joshua Harris stuff took place. And he was like, you know, he used to be a pastor and everything. Like he was so nice and he didn't judge me for where I was at in my agnosticism. And he like, there was none of that, just acceptance and just wanting me to be sure that wanting to be sure that I knew that I was loved and I was worthy you know mm. and so those came since those two things happened the same day was a big huge contrast mm. um and then to read those books about rachel that just basically presented another view mm. it presented like i used to say oh i envy people who can still have faith without the American evangelicalism, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. but I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know how one can even find that out without having to move to another country for years to learn their culture and how yeah. they interpret the Bible. <laughs> mm -hmm. So hopeless case for me, shut the door to that and walk away. But Rachel Hell Evans opened that door mm -hmm. to an authentic faith mm -hmm. that is full of questions. And presenting the Bible as like an ancient, a group, grouping of ancient texts instead of a rule book. Mm -hmm. um, just wildly crazy different. <laughs> and it just rocked my world. And um, she, it's interesting, she said she was Anglican. I didn't realize that was Anglican. Canada, There's something but. historical about, because Americans had the War of Independence and the, anyways... They change it to Episcopalian in the States. Hmm. Same thing. So in her book, she does bring out a lot of um, liturgy or what do we t call the acts of like the sacraments, the sacraments. Thank you. And one of her books that I read is actually based on she based on sacraments, like she hmm. outlines sacraments and talks about it and the meaning of it in our li life of a Christian. Hmm. And I think because we also had two years in an Anglican church when we were in Quebec, I had a basis of that and mm. it and th and that was very authentic church yeah it was um so it touched a part of me reading those books and about the sacraments it was just very holy mm. and i would read about the sacraments of communion and then in I what sense because i've heard that word and it means different things to different people what does that mean to you like sacred special mm. um it touched my soul. Hmm. So even though my heart, my brain was not agreeing because I knew all the evangelical deconstruction arguments, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you couldn't ignore that Jesus was touching my soul. Hmm. So I'd read about like the sacraments of communion and then I had such a huge desire for communion. Mm. And then, and I would mentally envision that happening and like baptism and anointing and a common phrase in liturgy is, Lord, I believe help my own belief. And I was like, well, I, I can't say that. Like, I don't believe <laughs> my brain doesn't believe. Like I don't believe, but I got to a place where I was like, help my own belief. Mm. I could pray, help my own belief. Help my own belief. Because, <laughs> like, I think I want to believe. Not sure. Hmm. But I don't believe. <laughs> but help my own beliefs. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And 
Um, and then I, because of all those sacraments, reading about sacraments. Isn't that interesting? Sorry to interrupt you. That because faith, that's how faith, it, like I completely resonate with that. But like you're praying to someone mm-hmm. that you don't believe in. Yes. To ask them to help you believe in them. Yes. And and that completely makes sense. And yet it doesn't. And yet it doesn't really. <laughs> but I completely understand that. Um, so yeah, reading about like the sacraments and liturgy and just very much connecting with that led me to like, I just craved worship. And, but I've been, you know, the last year and a half triggers a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. And they can send me to bed for an a whole day with migraine like it mm-hmm. it's huge yeah so i was like how do i do that without getting triggered how do i find how do i try worship without getting triggered so i went on the church we used to go to before we left church website and they're live from church and i like scroll through to find the one family that i knew i could listen to their worship with the least chances of getting triggered <laughs> And I listened to worship, their music, and I just sobbed. Like, the words were perfect for what I... This A lot of this was happening all in one night. Like, it was three in the morning. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. So, it was, like, late at night, and I had such a huge need for, like, liturgy and worship. and But I was putting the kids to sleep, and they kept waking up and taking turns waking up. And... I just had to go to sleep. And then the one kid woke me up at 3 a.m. And he ended up going back to sleep. But I couldn't go back to sleep. And it's 3 a.m. And I'm like listening to worship music for the first time in like a year and a half. And the words were, if you listen to my previous podcast, I read through the words. But like they couldn't be more perfect. Mm. (laughs) And... I just sobbed and sobbed and then went to the next song and I sobbed and sobbed. And it was like, it was exactly Jesus meeting me there Hmm. and at three or four in the morning. And then, um, then I was like, I'm going to try listening to a sermon, but again, I'm going to scroll through and pick one from a pastor that a person preaching that, I trust and I think I can listen to without being too triggered. So I give it a try. So I listened to it. It was the prodigal son. (laughs) (laughs) But he didn't do the typical sermon of prodigal son. It was all about love. Like he was Mm. very, very, very loving. And in the end it was like, like how, how quickly does the father turn to you when you turn to him or how quickly does father come to you when you turn to him right away? Mm. And that just hit me so deep. Um, and one of the worship song was like, that I had been listening to, was listening to, it's like, the morning will, um, concrete, like, when comes the morning, it will cement what's been happening through hmm. the night. Like, be, kind really? of, it's kind of how the words were. I forget exactly the words now, but, hmm. um, I came up here because I was just like, oh, much my head i came up here and recorded in our recording studio and recorded this previous podcast Hmm. at like all the kids are sleeping it's like five in the morning (laughs) (laughs) and i'm recording this podcast and i'm like reading these words to the song and it talks about like the morning will cement like kind of put the stamp on this like Hmm. and i'm like 
is the morning going to do that? And then, <laughs> next thing, I had already set up several days before a meeting with the same person I'd met when Joshua Hare stuff happened just before, who mm. was so accepting and mm-hmm. and loving. I had already set up a meeting to meet him that morning. Wow. <laughs> he had no idea what was going on, obviously. None of us had any idea. No, because I couldn't talk. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. And physically, it was huge physical thing. Like, I was exhausted. I had a hard time eating. I was, like, digesting. It was so hard to digest. I was nauseous, diarrhea. Like, it, it was, like, hugely... I didn't sleep much. Like, it, it was hugely physical. Like, huge. So then I'm, like, driving to this preset meeting with my previous pastor. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm, like, almost throwing up the whole way in the car. Like, well, you know I don't throw up easily mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time of really bad before. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would have been throwing up for sure. Um, and I was like, can I do this? Am I doing this? Because when you say something out loud, mm-hmm. it's different. Yeah. <laughs> and if you tell someone else, that's very different. Mm-hmm. And I, I hadn't even talked to you. Because <laughs> you were at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was pretty crazy. So I, like, get myself there. Almost throwing up. So bad. Like, like the mouth, all the taste. Like, it was, mm. oh, like, so close to throwing up. And we sit on the deck. And I was just like... I was like, what do I say? <laughs> like, this is like we had met five days before and I was like very strongly agnostic and I was yeah. telling him about my journey <laughs> to like what brought me out like what made me leave the church and all these things <laughs> and a few days before I had like it was like can we meet again and I have all these questions and I sent him all these questions that I had out of my agnosticism and He's like, well, he texts back, I don't have all the answers to these questions, but I suspect what you'll find as you search more is a person. (laughs) (laughs) It's a theology. And I was like, (laughs) 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 But I still wanted to meet with him. And anyway, so I went there and then I had kind of written notes through those five days as things stood out or like as things just hit me in different ways. I had just written like bullet point mm-hmm. notes so I just started going through it and I don't know if it how <laughs> they communicated to him I feel like it must have come out awkward like it because it, mm-hmm. uh, it was so fresh like it had happened during the night like mm-hmm. I'd been up since 3 a.m. <laughs> and I was meeting him at like 10 or something and um, but then I like start crying and all this, and he's like, "Oh, I can tell that it's really touched you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was pretty amazing time. And then, you know, with the whole sacraments and stuff, like feeling such a huge need for that. And I asked if he would anoint me. Um, and during the night, like when I would think about the sacraments and stuff, I I kept envisioning this like God's. Um, Thumbprint, um, like, like an th- thumb on my forehead, but like, like a seal, hmm. like I am the child of God, hmm. on my forehead, and 
I didn't talk about that with him, but I asked if they would anoint me. And for, um, for courage in my unbelief or for courage to believe or, you know, something like that. And he went to get his wife. Um, she didn't know what was going on and we're close. We used to be close or close again. Um, she was in her room and he told her, uh, can you come down and Jessica wants us to pray for her. She apparently stood straight up and was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she came down and she sat out there with me in the front and she was looking at me like what is going on like what the fuck <laughs> like, no she didn't say that that's my words but like and i'm watching the world yeah no <laughs> but i'm like um all awkward i'm like i don't even know how to express this mm-hmm. um so fresh, so raw, so sacred, holy, like it, it, so then he comes back and he's like, do you want to tell her a little bit? I haven't told her anything. And I'm like, I, I've been born again. <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> and we both cried and sobbed and talked. And then they, we, they prayed for me and anointed me. And part of that time is she put her thumb on my forehead. Hmm. as like you're the child of God and she had no idea that hmm. I'd been even envisioning that in the night or like I had even physically done it to myself hmm. like it uh, so that was pretty cool as well um, it was really neat like I think that time with them in praying broke a lot of things inside mm-hmm. like a lot of anger because hmm. um, I look back and I'm like this past year and a half, I was very angry and with reason. Yeah. My, how I view it is, um, like part of this, I feel zero anger from God for the last 16 months of my agnosticism. Mm -hmm. Zero. I feel zero anger from God, which is like, you know, hugely different than how I previously viewed God. Mm -hmm. Anytime anything went wrong in the, in my life or right. house or anything, yeah. it was like God's punishing me because I'm not following him mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So like I look back at that 16 months and it's like, it had to happen. Mm-hmm. This had to happen. And what died during that 16 months was the fundamentalist religion that I was taught and raised with and infiltrated my entire being and caused huge depression and anxiety and darkness Mm -hmm. that had to die. Mm -hmm. I had to deconstruct that. And that was my 16 months of agnosticism and it had to happen. Mm -hmm. And, but the way I see it is this little shoot thing came out of that dead seed. And that is not the same it's it's not the same as before. It's not religion. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus. And it's love with a capital L, you know? Mm-hmm. And So tell us about the little seed. The seedling. What does that mean? Well, to me is that, like, the seed has to die, has to be buried underground and in darkness. And that is what happened during that 16 months mm-hmm. for that previous 
way of previous Anjuska and the religion that I was given had to die because it was not true it was not real mm -hmm. and it was it was not true it was idolatry in a lot of ways like mm -hmm. idol like um, worshipping man-made image of God and not mm -hmm. the true God yeah um, and there wasn't a bridge from there to here no there is no like bridge. it's not yeah. as though well we'll just change a few things we'll modify a few things it's like it was so intense and the voices in my head have been so strong that having walked away from god for 16 months created a very clear break mm. and during that time like when we had the flood in the house and we had things break and all this and stuff like in our house well since i was not believing in god it was like realize even i was fighting the voices in my head saying that this was because i walked away from god in the church and he was punishing me but i i learned to be like no this is just life like mm -hmm. sometimes disasters happen in multiples and that's just how it is like it's just life life sucks sometimes and it's just life like there's no rhyme or reason for it it's just life this happens and that's good like i think that was a very good mental shift mm -hmm that now I can transition to being like, well, that is still just life. And God can give me a bit of patience in here. <laughs> but that's hugely different than before, where it's yeah. like, something goes wrong, what did I do to deserve this? Mm -hmm. And I'm a horrible, wicked sinner, and I deserve all the things that are bad. Yeah. But by God's grace, sometimes he'll give me a blessing. <laughs> and to go from like, the Bible is a rule book, to... The Bible is a group of ancient texts mm -hmm. that point to God, but it's not a real book, <laughs> mm -hmm. no. Um, so yeah, I mean that's kind of been brief what happened, and I felt very huge desire to like go back to church, even though, like they were telling me like take your time, there's no rush, like you don't have to go, and and if someday you decide to read the Bible again, then just like maybe make sure it's a very different translation, like we recommend the pat the. Um, the passion translation because it's very different and things like that but i feel like i my brain is open and it needed to be filled <laughs> 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 so like like i was reading like crazy and i just kept reading and reading and reading like six books in like a week and a half like it, it was crazy and i went to church on sunday and i had pre-talked to them about sharing something in front of church and i did and again, I almost threw up on the way there. It was so intense because I was like publicly going to say mm -hmm. that I was coming back to Jesus. <laughs> um, so you said a lot, but rem like remind our listeners how, what was the time scale? Well, that was three days. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like I talked to them on Wednesday and it was in like Wednesday 3am that a lot of this stuff happened although there was a few days leading up to that mm -hmm. but I talked to them on Wednesday and then on Sunday I went to church I drove up to church and I was like I don't know if I can get out of the van Like, I parked I stayed in there <sighs> right next to me was this very same couple sitting in their van and they opened the door and they came and opened my door and I had to go in <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to go in but it was the support I needed mm -hmm. to go in and 
it was really good like just very welcoming and accepting and I felt very good about being able to share part a, a little overview I kept it more general this time because I wasn't really ready to talk too much about it um, yeah it was really good mm-hmm. and then since then last two weeks I decided to read the Bible uh, like to start reading the Bible so then I started and I had all these things come out and I, so I met with him again like a friend and and talked through some of those things and then went on my way and then life gets busy and it's two weeks well <laughs> during that two weeks I ended up listening to the entire Bible on audiobook and reading some of it the entire Bible in less than two weeks <laughs> I haven't done that in like at least Ever. 16 years. Yeah. Well, I've never done this. No, I've yeah. never. But I haven't read the Bible in years. Mm-hmm. There's so much negativity attached to it. I mean, when we got married, yeah. you couldn't even read your Bible without me feeling instant rejection from you. Mm-hmm. And there's so much attached to every single part of the Bible that were negative things. And we were told what to look for in the Bible. Mm-hmm that's reading into the Bible. Like we never just listen. So my challenge listening to the Bible this time was just to listen, listen to the stories, listen to it as an ancient text and not try to read into it, not try to pick out the rules that I'm supposed to follow. And, and it was a mental struggle. I ended up spending Mm -hmm. like five days in bed Hmm. for hours a day while you were working your last shifts. Um, and I think part of that was related to this hmm. because I was listening to it day and night, like all the time. Well, not all night, but whenever I couldn't sleep. So, you know. All night. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had to mentally several times kind of stop myself like, not, this is not rules. Mm-hmm. I'm just listening to stories. And then to, and then like to be like, oh, like this is interesting. Like all these rules about, um, uh, for the Israelites that God gave, you know, with mold and all like this purity laws and like things like that. It's like, they were a new, they were a new culture Mm -hmm. and all cultures have rules for how the system works. We have it in North America. Some of them are spoken and some of them aren't spoken, but it's what makes a society run Mm -hmm. and work. Um, Like we don't just walk into people's houses here, you know, like, like Mm -hmm. it's unspoken, but you just don't do it. Yeah. And the Israelite. So I'm like, okay, so this is the rules that we need to follow nowadays. This was rules for God wanted their nation to look good to other nations and to run smoothly and to prosper. And you can't prosper if you're like all going different directions. Mm -hmm. So it was their handbook. Mm-hmm. You know? And then all the stuff about the temple and how to build it. It was just a blueprint. Mm-hmm. So stop reading everything into it. Oh, this is this many steps. Oh, that means that we need to do this many steps now. When we, like, we take these things and we try to make yeah. it apply to us as if it was written for us. Mm-hmm. When it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was written for the Israelites. It was their blueprint so that they can build a temple that they can be proud of. And that other nations can be like, oh, wow, the Israelites have done a good job. You know, mm-hmm. like it makes them look good. And that's great. God cared about that. Mm-hmm. That's not for us. <laughs> you know? So it was really interesting. And listening to it all in like less than two weeks. It was very interesting because you hear everything close together. 
very close together. And it's like, how have we made this into a rule book? Like, mm -hmm. this is obviously not a rule book. Yeah. Like, how have we made this all about us in North America? And mm -hmm. how we're supposed to be close to God? And how we're supposed to be holier than thou? And, like, it's just crazy. Like, mm -hmm. it... And, yeah, so it... Anyway, I'm rambling. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and... I was going to say I wasn't triggered by it, but I did spend many hours each day in bed, so maybe I was actually triggered. But not like, not like before. So, yes. So I was hoping with all this huge miracle changes happening in my life, I was hoping I could be healed from my anxiety and depression so I could get off my meds because, you know, great testimony. Mm -hmm. But I can't. <laughs> I've had some moments reminding me I can't. But mental health exists in Christians in mm -hmm. the church. Mm -hmm. And to expect God to heal me like that, it's not realistic. Mm -hmm. But I have felt a huge reduction mm -hmm. in it. Well, I've seen you I've seen your um I've seen your depression decrease. Yeah. And my anxiety. Which you can't I see can't as much. I can't measure your anxiety. Yeah. But. So it has definitely decrease and giving me hope that someday I might be able to get off my meds and before there was no hope I mean I started mm -hmm. with one dose I doubled that dose I started and I added a second one and it still didn't feel enough mm -hmm. and now it feels enough like mm -hmm. it's so I think there's a huge change mm -hmm. but my but I still have the physical consequences of my previous life you know, it takes a while for bodies to yeah. heal. And when we go you don't mean your agnostic life. You mean all my, my entire all life. life. <laughs> yeah. So like mental health still is exists even for Christian. Yeah. And struggles and our bodies still suffer consequences of past stuff. Mm -hmm. So I acknowledge that. Mm hmm. Even though it would have been great testimony. <laughs> <laughs> it also would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a little bit of wishful thinking there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, we can ask. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So there you go. That's my journey the past three weeks. <laughs> three weeks. <laughs> It feels like more than three weeks. It feels like more than three weeks. <laughs> and then you've been back at church once. I've been back at church me. once, yeah. And you week off. So, yeah, like, I don't know where we're heading. And when it comes to you and I, I mean, we finally were able to talk about it mm -hmm. a few couple of days ago because there's other stuff that kept us from talking about it. Well, it was surprisingly hard. <laughs> what did you say Whip, whiplash yeah like I got whiplash and but it was like I mean I'm the Christian and then you became a Christian and <clears throat> you would have thought anybody would I would have thought this would be a wonderful thing but it has been a hard couple weeks to, to figure things out uh, I feel like we're getting I'm still figuring it out yeah and I don't know necessarily what I believe like I, I know I've changed mm -hmm. but I don't I'm not going back to Angeska 1.0 mm -hmm. and I'm not Angeska 2.0, which is agnostic. 
So now I'm in Jessica 3.0. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, who is this person? Yeah. So. And you're not. Maybe what it is, is you're not becoming me. And right. maybe there's part of me that was like, well, if you're a Christian, here's all my theology books. <laughs> right. And here's how to be a Christian like I am. And that is And not why don't you come talk to me to become a Christian instead of this other guy? Because, <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know, there was some jealousy there, which is like totally immature and silly, but still real. Yep. It was real to me. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's it's slowly realizing that, okay, well, God has done something in you. And now all of a sudden you have a relationship with God. And it's not it's not my relationship. You know, like it's different. It's not connected to you in the same way as before. Like mm -hmm. before we were like the same, same beliefs, same mm -hmm. everything. And, and now it's learning to acknowledge that we can go to, we don't have to be each other's everything. Mm -hmm. We can go to other people for support and help in our journeys too, mm -hmm. you know? Which we went to other counselors before. Yeah. But it's different. It for some reason feels different to have spiritual counselors right but it's this it's the same sort of thing yeah Seems but like. i became christian again so i felt like i should go to you well come on <laughs> i'm right here <laughs> you're my husband and you're a theologian and i needed the heart yes so it's just different i don't know <laughs> we still love each other yes so this is our reconstruction podcast Part one. I'm guessing I think it's this. Part one. <laughs> I mean, this is an ongoing journey. We have no idea where it's going to lead, what it's going to look like. Um, I'm already losing followers on Instagram. That's okay. So I don't who knows know. to the listeners here? But this is us. This is us. This is where we're at. And we're seeking health, and we're doing what comes natural. That's always been our motto. Or sort of our, this is what we do is just, we don't have a plan, so to speak. <laughs> it's just, we're going to do what's healthy. We're going to do what feels right. And so yeah. far, this is feeling right. This is where we're at. Yeah. Cool. So on Sunday, we plan to bring the kids to church for the first time in a long time. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> so stay tuned for eventual update that will probably be surprising to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I need to tell you, when I, I keep telling my counselor that I'm done counseling. Yeah. And like two or three months ago, like we, we had been meeting pretty intensively, dealing with my family and different things. And then things kind of leveled out and like I got off my meds and like my counselor was like, you know, it seems like we don't have much to talk about. Maybe you don't need another appointment and stuff like this. And then like, I forget what it was, but then like something happened. All of a sudden I got triggered with my parents really bad. That's what happened. Anyways, then I scheduled another appointment. I was like, oh, okay, we got to talk through this stuff. And then again, I called her last week and I was talking to her yesterday. And I told her that my wife became a Christian. And of course she's been along for the whole journey and all that <laughs> <Yes>. stuff. <laughs> the counselor. Had. The counselor yeah. was, you know, like she gets a front row seat of everything that I, I'm talking about. And she was kind of silent for a bit and let me talk. And she's like, okay, well, I kind of had to pick myself up off the floor when you said that. <laughs> and she was like, I think I might have to open a file for you again. <laughs> You're welcome. More business. <laughs> so anyways, we're still figuring it out. Yes. But come along for the journey. And I love what's happening in you. Aww. <laughs>
talking to my wife, not the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone.